Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Royer. I'm Liz Bronson. And Liz, we met at work, right? Many moons ago, and we met at work, and now we're friends. Uh, you know, that's just one of the lovely things that happens in life sometimes, if you're lucky. So mm-hmm. I, consider, I consider myself lucky we're friends. Me too. So when I would have a bad morning showing up at work, I'd come in and tell you about it because your cube was right next to mine. Yep. And when I was planning my wedding, you had to listen to the daily calls from my East Coast-based parents and <laughs> who didn't want to talk at 8 p.m. their time. And you got to hear all the nitty-gritty details of how I did not want a balloon arch at my wedding. <laughs> so bottom line, it's really hard to keep your personal life completely out of the workplace. Yeah, it's definitely a fine line, right? Yeah. So today, we are going to tear the Band-Aid off the topic of personal and work lines. What to talk about, what to try to keep quiet, and basically how to be a human at work. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to just turn off thoughts and worries at work, that's for sure. But one way that can help is to meditate or the work be the place where you don't bring your problems. And some people throw themselves into work to avoid hard situations. Whatever works for you, it's a matter of figuring out what what is going to work for you. So hopefully today we can kind of give you some guidelines that will be supportive of that. But the bottom line is you got to do you because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we try to behave like other people, that never works out as well. So, so true. And I think that the important thing that you're saying there is like, you don't want to let personal issues affect your work product as much as possible. And companies can be understanding, but we also need to kind of draw lines and because, but it's so hard because we spend so much time at work. We see our coworkers more than we see many of our friends and loved ones. Um, But at the end of the day, it's kind of about seeing coworkers as co-workers and not always the people who we can open our whole hearts to. So we're going to break it down to make it easier because I like to make things easier. Um, And we're going to bring it into health, relationships, and family. Because those are three big personal topics that can be on your mind when you're at work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So health issues for yourself or people you love can be Mm all-consuming. I mean, my gosh, I'm thinking back when my mother was diagnosed with cancer And, uh, you know, it just was, it was the forefront of what was going on in life Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So at work, talking about your health or the health of your loved ones can be, you know, can be taxing on caring coworkers. Mm -hmm. And it can be difficult for people to hear lots of details because of things they've gone through, right? Everyone has their own filters and, you know, some things are going to be more sensitive based on people's experiences. So it's always important to realize, you know, What may be neutral for you may be a real hot button for someone else. Well, and I mean, when you're at work, you've usually got work to do. Yeah. So like if I'm sitting here standing at a coworker's desk talking for hours about a sick family member and they're thinking, oh my God, I've got to get this deadline met, but they don't want to be a jerk, but I'm going on and on and they feel bad for me, inadvertently putting them in this really tough situation where they've got stuff to do, yet they're trying not to be mean. Right. Um, so I think there's this fine line there where it's important that if there's something that will keep you from the office or make you miss work or have to take personal calls, I think you kind of owe it to your boss, to your coworkers, the direct coworkers to tell them at a high level of what's going on. 
keep them updated, right? Absolutely. It's okay to have a high level conversation without going into all the gory details. And that's a little bit of, you know, that's where it can be challenging sometimes, right? Yeah. And, but that being said, if a coworker says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Your parent is ill. My parent was just ill. Do you want to go to lunch? It's a, then you can have that longer conversation because they're inviting it and making space and time for it. Mm -hmm. So I think there's time and a place, but just the daily update of whatever's going on is, can be really taxing. And I think, you know, I have this amazing client who's the CEO, took a sudden week off work and kind of disappeared because his mom was ill and he went and helped her and really disappeared. And it was such an awesome example that family comes first and that we need to take care of people. And he showed his company how much he valued their personal life. But if you disappear without telling people what's going on, you're abandoning your job. You can't do that. So you have to kind of look at your company culture and share appropriately, but not overly to have, so that people can have kindness, compassion and help you through that difficult time. So the right thing to do is in the middle. I mean, clearly if you are someone who you care about or responsible for are sick or dealing with a health issue, you've got to tell your boss. And then after you tell your boss, let your key coworkers know. Yep. And you don't need to tell them the nitty gritty details, but you need to tell them when you're going to be out, what they may expect, because you have deliverables right, or responsibilities or expectations. And so if you need coverage, you have to say, I need coverage. This is why. Thank you so much. I've got your back when it's you, et cetera. Right. Right. So yeah, it's not necessary to go nitty gritty, but you do need to say what you need to say in order to have their understanding. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a fine line. Yeah. You just want to kind of Make sure that people know that you've got something going on, that there's a challenge, mm-hmm. but you don't have to share all the details. No. Um, Kat, what do you think about when it's your own health? Well, I think, you know, I think that it depends on who you are and how transparent you are. Um, but, you know, even if you're a super transparent person, mm-hmm. other people may not be comfortable with that level of transparency. So I think it's always better just to you know, state the facts that you're comfortable with. And sometimes it can be as simple as, hey, I'm going through a health issue right now. I'm going to have some extra doctor's appointments. We think everything is going to be fine, but mm-hmm. I just want to let you know to expect that I'm, you know, my schedule is going to be a little bit different than it normally would. Totally. And I don't think you should feel compelled to tell everything, but something like that where people know, oh wait, where where has Kat been lately? You know, she's been out a bunch of mornings. Is she interviewing? No. Mm-hmm. You know, she said she was dealing with something, but she's she's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the right answer is to tell HR because you may need some short-term leave or long-term leave or mm-hmm. other benefits that are available to you. Or even HR may be able to help you if you have a personal health issue, mm-hmm. know about some benefits mm-hmm. that are available to you to help you through that tough time. Like an employee assistance program, which mm-hmm. often has a ton of resources available to people per incident. Yes. So, you know, it might there might be some counseling available or, you know, which can help you to navigate how much do I share, right? Yep. Or a service to help you navigate your benefits and right. how, how you can use your health program to your best advantage. There's all kinds of different things. And those HR discussions are usually confidential. 
But also that can give you an umbrella if you're going to be missing work or something to help your boss with the leeway that you may need. But I don't think, you know, I've got a bunion and I got to go to the podiatrist. Does the whole group need an email about your podiatrist appointment? I don't think so. Right. That being said, you're going to be out for two days for bunion surgery. Right. Then there probably would be a recovery period after that. Right. I'm going to have a small procedure. No big deal. I'm going to be fine. I might be on crutches for a few days. It's just a heads up. And then you're also not bringing the drama. It's like all of a sudden you show up on crutches. Oh, what happened? It's Mm -hmm. this whole thing, right? Whereas like if they know, they're like, oh, how's it feeling? I'm fine. Okay, moving on with the day. Yep. Minimize drama as much as possible in all of these areas would would be good advice. Yes. And we're not minimizing a health scare is a health scare. And that's super scary and crappy. And no one is minimizing that experience. But the fewer people that you impact until you really know what's going on and have an action plan, probably the better. So the next category that we want to talk about is relationships. Mm-hmm. And relationships are mm-hmm. the tough ones, right? You know, if we have a fight with someone at home, our coworkers are usually the first ones we end up spilling our guts to. And but you have to be careful. Why? I mean, you want to be careful about how vulnerable you are within the relationship, right? I mean, a coworker is a coworker, and that's a that's a really different relationship than a, a close friend who you may want to be having that conversation with. So, you know, stories about, you know, maybe not the best relationship decisions can bring judgment to you at work. And my MO is try to avoid as much drama as possible, right? Yes. Well, and also, I mean, if you're fighting with your significant other and you're talking down about them, oh, touch a jerk, what an idiot, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then at the company holiday party, you bring them, everyone's like, oh, nice to meet you, jerky. Mm -hmm. And you know, then you've created another awkward situation, gossip, drama, where it gets that at work. Whole other dynamic that by not sharing that dynamic can be avoided. Yes. And we're not saying you can't have friends at work. We develop friendships at work, right? Mm -hmm. It naturally happens. But I think that with there's this, it's a slower role and, and slower trust and slower sharing because there's this vulnerability, which, Kat, am I saying like keep everything secret and just be a robot? No, I don't think you're saying that. And it's really not that simple. Mm-mm. You know, people hang out with coworkers, go out to dinner. I mean, some people even date coworkers, right? But that's another episode. <laughs> Check your nepotism policy and get back to us. <laughs> but coworkers are friends that can become your boss. Or they might use information about you to kiss up to your boss. So be discreet with what you share. It's just a different situation because when we're in a co-working environment, we're all kind of competing, if you will, against each other, which doesn't mean you can't be friends. Mm -hmm. But it also means that your friend could end up in a situation where them knowing your vulnerabilities could put you at a huge disadvantage. Right. But, you know, like I'm going to talk about the other side of my mouth and say you have to be human. And so Mm -hmm. how do you be human and not be cold while also being professional? Like we're asking people, it sounds like the impossible. Yeah. Well, you know, keep in mind, I mean, we're always going to go back to be kind um, on this podcast, right? So 
that means if someone shares something personal with you, you you know, the kind thing is not to use it against them, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes you need a reminder to be kind. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes it's challenging to be kind, but in the long run, being kind is going to you know benefit you and your coworker and your career. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, good guidelines. Try to be really careful. Try to minimize talk about money politics or sex details. Like those are really good guidelines. And then also, you know, if you're going through some major problems, relationship problems, keep them light and be really careful who you share that with. Right. I I, I like that. Like people know when you move in together or when you get engaged or, you know, when they know about big lifestyle things. When I was dating my now husband, there were bets going on in the office of when we were getting engaged every weekend. There was like a ring check. It was miserable for me, let me tell you. But you can't help it. Like they knew, oh, you've been dating two years. Where's that ring? Like it just happens. Yeah. But I didn't go into my deep disappointment every weekend when the ring wasn't put on the finger. And I think, you know, people pick up on that. They ask, you can't be completely heartless and, you know, not share. But I think that if I had spent hours every work week complaining about, you know, wanting a ring, first of all, it'd get old and boring. And second of all, next time they saw my now husband, they may think differently. Right. And they might think differently about you if you're being kind of a princess, right? Yeah. Which I'm not saying you are. Oh, never. Well, I will say that your ring, your ring did impact the ring that I wanted. <laughs> Seeing your beautiful ring made me kind of raise my bar with, <laughs> with the ring that I wanted. I will, I will admit to that. I'm here uh, to help. I'm here. <laughs> but yeah, no, they don't need to know yeah. everything no. about your significant other's you know, do you think you might be drinking too much? Like nobody needs to know that at work. That's for your bestie from high school. Right. Or, or, you know, personal things about your spouse or your boyfriend or even your best friend that that's not, that's not necessary. It's just not necessary. It's, you know, if you're, if you're sharing that kind of stuff, there's an impact, there's an impact to your career. So, you know, you might want to step back a little bit and think about what is appropriate to share. So yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to talk about alcohol abuse or someone's ADHD or <laughs> God forbid challenges in the bedroom, right? Oh God. You know, <laughs> I'm going I'm to give a general tip. There's be kind. And there's also don't tell any stories that you don't want people picturing the next time you're giving. A <laughs> right. That's rule two. Rule one, be kind. Rule two, don't say anything that people will be like, oh yeah, that, that's cat. Did you hear? Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> right. Let's right. not. So I think there's a way to keep it at a higher level without being cold, but without all the adjectives. Yeah. Without making yourself a liability. Yeah. You just always want to make yourself kind of look good. But again, human. Right. And that's, you know, sometime being transparent, but you got to be clear about what you can be transparent about. So we talked about health. We talked a little bit about relationships. Yes. So family, right, Liz? That's family's next. Mm-hmm. The ever awesome family. And mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna go for a baseline. Childhood issues shouldn't come up in the workplace. I think it's a general, another general rule, but you don't need your childhood insecurities, abuses, other family secrets exposed in the workplace. Cause by the time you're in the workplace, while that all our childhoods 
shape so much about who we are, but they're over by the time we enter the workplace. And I think it's a really nice break to say, I'm not going to let that impact me at work. Absolutely. And, and if you feel like things are impacting you at work, then it's a good, it's a good, it's good to get support, right? So, you know, go work with a therapist or go to a group or work with a coach or something, because sometimes you got to unpack that shit. Oh, sure. But unpacking it at work, not a best Yeah, don't, do not unpack it with your coworkers. Yes, therapy for sure. You don't want that stuff holding you back in life. So deal with it, please. But not with the person in the cube next to you. And I think, I think realizing, Liz, what you said was really powerful. Like just because something happened in your past doesn't have to impact your present or doesn't have to influence your future. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being clear on, wait a minute, that's in the past. So maybe I'm just not going to bring that up right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to bring it up at work. But if it is something that you feel is impacting your work, don't give it that power and find an outside of the mm-hmm. office resource mm-hmm. to help you through that because that's those are big challenges and nobody on this mm-hmm. podcast is undermining them because we have been dealing with our issues for years. <laughs> but learning opportunities, learning opportunities. Learning opp- <laughs> I also think that while it's really hard, family planning issues should be kept at a minimum. People don't need to know that you're rushing home to get pregnant over the lunch hour. Those are the kind of things that are on a need-to-know basis. And in that situation, it's you and your partner, yeah, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, because most most coworkers will kind of think it's gross, right? They they don't that's just TMI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, <laughs> but like if you're struggling with infertility, you can talk to your boss about any time off needed or the need to work at home. I mean, that stuff it, it's a huge life undertaking. And mm-hmm. again, we're not undermining it. We're just saying like, you don't need to tell your coworkers you're acting crazy because you're on hormones. Yeah. And I promise coworkers don't want to hear about your hormone shots, your extra sexy time, <laughs> or the gory details of your fertility journey. At least not until you can tell the PG version after the fact. Oh, for right? sure. Like once everything's the all clear, like, yeah, we had a hard time getting here, but we're so excited. Yeah, that's what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. Not about your partner giving you shots in the behind. Right, right. Well, Liz, what about kid stuff? Ah, kid stuff. Kid stuff can be all consuming. And uh, while your precious angel is certainly adorable and amazing, I promise you that you have coworkers that truly do not want to hear about them. They want to hear that they're well, or, you know, when they say, how are the kids? Great. They want to hear like, oh, last night we went to Annie's softball game, but not the play-by-play of Annie's foibles mm-hmm. on the bases. But if Annie rocked it, it's okay to share. Hey, she hit a ball out of the ballpark. Yeah. That's, that's all. Right. Oh, how was your night last night? Oh, it was awesome. Annie had a softball game and she hit two home runs. That is a mm-hmm. one sentence detail. They're thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. You're thrilled. You didn't bore anybody. So essentially try to keep the personal talk in the office light and wait until you're out to lunch with someone to share more of the details and try to keep the details to coworkers who are in a similar place in life with you. Totally. I mean, it's so great if you have a a coworker who is in a similar place for you. Like Kat just said, like if you're a fourth grade dad and your coworker's a fourth grade dad, it's cool for you to go to lunch and talk fourth grade dad stuff because you're sharing equally. And I think that's kind of a big key is sharing equally. Yep. Because you don't want to be known as the oversharing coworker. Oh, gosh. That, 
that can inhibit a career. I've seen it. We both have seen it. And we've seen it multiple, multiple times. It's like, oh, this person is fabulous. Can, can you know, has every aspect of the ability to rock the job, except for the one little detail that the person doesn't know how to keep their mouth shut. And that that little detail will stop them from getting a job. It is a fine line. It is a balance. You got to do you. Mm-hmm. You got to do you authentically, but you don't have to lay it all out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like think of it as a game of ping pong. They share, you share, they share, you share. So it's mm-hmm. it's an even thing. If you're taking up the majority of the conversation and you realize you're looking at somebody and you don't know anything about them, but their name, shut your mouth mm-hmm. and try to even mm-hmm. out that ping pong game. Mm-hmm. So Kat, what about if someone's always getting really personal with you? So I'm laughing because I'm thinking of my my maternal grandmother, Mae McGrath, <laughs> who was, uh, you know, very proper Bostonian Catholic lady. Went to mass every day. I really, I admired this woman's strength. She was a career woman. So many cool things about her. She was also just super strong and had very clear ideas about what was proper and what wasn't proper. And when someone would ask her a question that she was not comfortable answering, she would say, well, that's a very personal question. I would never ask anyone that (laughs) question. (laughs) And uh, she was fabulous at telling that story. But I will admit to a time or two pulling that card out in in a situation where maybe someone hasn't taken the subtle hits. Mm -hmm. Like if someone is talking about a subject that you don't want to talk about, change the subject. Mm -hmm. Don't be interested. And you can do it lightly and people don't even need to know. And if, you know, if they don't take that clue, you know, you can, when you notice that Johnny's in the, you know, in the break room getting coffee, maybe you wait till Johnny's back at his desk when you go get your coffee. So you can try to avoid, you know, you can first try changing the subject, first try and avoiding, you know, but some people just don't take clues when it comes to boundaries. Mm -hmm. So Maybe a little pushback, like my grandmother, the way my grandmother would behave. You know, sometimes that's appropriate. Now, when I have done it, I will say that I've used, I might just share her story mm-hmm. and use some humor and say, so bottom line, I'm not comfortable talking about this with you and, and make it light, yeah. right? And, but, but at least it's putting a boundary up. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be that person that doesn't have boundaries, that people have to do that with you. So, you know, by maybe not oversharing, you can you can help that situation a bit. Totally. And like, look for the blank stare. If someone's kind of just staring (laughs) at you, they're kind of not wanting to be there. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to like, you can always say if you're in one of those overshare situations where you're kind of feeling uncomfortable, number one, be kind and have a heart. If they're like, talking about, you know, some ill family mm-hmm. member and you're like, well, I don't feel comfortable, but like, you can't be like, um, this isn't appropriate work and you're really mm-hmm. ruining my buzz. Like, no, mm-hmm. but I think that you can use the excuse of work. Be like, Oh, cat, I'm so sorry to hear you're going through this. Can we talk about this another time though? Because I've got to get that spreadsheet to our boss, you know, in the next 10 minutes, mm-hmm. I've got to get this done, but I'm really sorry you're going through this. And, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about this some other time. I just got to work on this deadline, right? Dams always blame the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is that grace that you are at work. And so Mm -hmm. you can remind them that you have some work to get done and bow Mm -hmm. out gracefully. And then you can decide whether or not you bring it up with them at a later time or not. Right. So have we forgotten anything? 
Well, I think it's really great to have work friends. I look at my friends who are my friends today. Most of them I met at work. Mm -hmm. And most of those relationships evolved over time. I mean, you and I were friendly when we worked together, Mm -hmm. but we really became closer friends after we worked together, right? Yeah. And we worked together for years. Like, I think that, you know, because you're forced into a shared situation so quickly and there, and I feel like workplaces now have more social opportunities and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I think we worked together for like two or three years. So develop that relationship over time. And then we really did become more friends, friends after we Mm -hmm. worked together. Yeah. But we knew we liked each other because all that time cubicles. (laughs) So I think work friends are great. You're right. And and they're... Yeah, we made each other laugh all the time. Yeah, well, because we're... I would do a phone screen and I'd get off the phone screen and and Liz would say, you didn't like that person, did you, Kat? (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, I hope I wasn't rude. But, you know, some people are, you know, some people are more challenging than others. And uh, apparently you knew me well enough when I was being challenged. I, I knew cats. I don't like you when I want to get off the phone voice versus her. Oh, I like you voice. And so, yeah, she'd hear the voice like over the cube. You didn't like them. <laughs> but when you're sharing personal information at work, just like keep the following stuff in mind. Okay, so make sure it's something that you're okay being shared with someone else, okay? Make make sure that you're comfortable with it becoming common knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because guess what? Anytime you share something personally, it has that opportunity to get spread. So just make sure, you know, this is personal. You know, you you, got to think about your personal brand here. Mm -hmm. And be careful what you share. Yeah. And this is from someone who has learned along the way. And hopefully when, when you know more, you do better. And my friends are my friends and my coworkers are my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And some of them I'm more friendly with, but there's a difference. But I think you just made a good point, Kat, because you said like, make sure it's okay that you're common knowledge. Mm-hmm. The juicier thing you share, the faster it spreads around the office. Right. So if you don't want something spreading around the office, do not say it. And that includes talking about coworkers. I mean, we can that there's a whole other issue there, but that's including anything you say about anything at work. Assume that you are not sharing secrets. And also think about, you know, is what you're sharing something that people can judge you for or hold against you? Mm-hmm. And think twice about that because people have long memories. Mm-hmm. If you have a choice between saying something that is not kind or not saying something at all, error on keeping your mouth shut, yeah. which isn't really an error, but that, that, that's, the, that's the smarter choice. Because if I say to Kat, I've always been terrified of public speaking, and then a new job comes up and it involves public speaking, and Kat's like, well, Liz is terrified of public speaking. Mm-hmm then Liz shouldn't be considered for the job, should she? Now, maybe I've always been terrified that it's a challenge I really want to take on and I'm ready to conquer that fear and I'm working on it. But all she knows is that I'm terrified of it. One little drop of that information could actually impact Liz's opportunity to get that job. So bottom line, you shared it, Liz. My fault. Right. So we're trying to just, uh, you know, help help y'all here. Um. <laughs> Third tip is when you're going through something, and I know this is easier said than done, but don't talk about it all the time. Keep it to a minimum. You've got a sick family member. Once people know, let them say, hey, how's your family member doing? 
oh, they're okay, or they went into hospice, or they're on the road to recovery, minimal. But once people know, let them come to you for update, unless the update is impacting your ability to perform at your job. Right. So in that case, Mm -hmm. you know, you might be having a true life crisis, Mm -hmm. right? And when that happens, I mean, life happens, shit happens, you know, when that happens, the right thing to do is to go and talk to your boss first Mm -hmm. and talk about your intention to balance your work and the crisis. This may be a time to bring in HR, Mm -hmm. right? Because there may be resources that the company is paying for to help their employees during this sort of thing. So go to your boss first and then maybe share with appropriate coworkers, you know, minimally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, when you share, share evenly. Make sure you're not the office overshare. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Kat. Have important, true friends who are outside of work, mm-hmm. who you can, you know, it takes time to develop these kind of relationships with. But I know that if I'm having a bad day, I can reach out to Liz and say, hey, I need to mm-hmm. talk and I can dump everything that's in my head. And She's not going to judge me. I mean, she might laugh at me and make me see the lighter, the lighter part of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. But she probably, you know, will offer me a few suggestions that'll help get me grounded and navigate through the situation. And you know, having true friends who are outside of work, mm-hmm. incredibly crucial. Yeah, but instead of unloading on your coworker over their cubicle to take your lunch break and go call your best bud, it's mm-hmm. so much of a better plan. Mm-hmm. That way you're not overburdening your coworkers, mm-hmm. which you don't want to do. No, or compromising. You know, also if you've got an issue that is impacting, that has the potential to impact career because it's a personal situation, mm-hmm. this is a good time to go to that board of directors, the board of your personal board of advisors that we talk about, right? There are people who are your mentors who can help you navigate through this if you leverage that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure you have resources. Yes, outside of your current workplace. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we are here for you guys. I mean, if you are dealing with an, an issue at work, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Feel free to share your stories with us. Mm-hmm. We want to know the stories about your office and personal overlap. We'll share them anonymously or we'll maybe even talk about them on a future episode. Yeah, or who knows? I mean, if you're open to it, we might even have you on as as a guest on the show if you've got an issue that you want some spot coaching with. That'd be awesome. Well, Kat, my friend, this is the end of yet another wonderful Real Job Talk. I've enjoyed being with you and I've cherished our friendship for the last 16, 17 years. Lots, lots. Likewise, I'm grateful and uh, for so many reasons. And until next time. Adios. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at realjobtalk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beaks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. 
Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you.